If, if I had, as a, as a child, had, had been asked this question, uh, what do you like the most about the season? I think it would have been, I mean, when I was a, when I was a little one, I would have been talking about Santa Claus and, and all the gifts and things like that. And I, and I understand that. And, uh, and I would say this to, uh, to parents uh, that, and I always tell you this every year, and I think it's important that we don't lie to our children. And I like to, to talk about, Valley and I have always talked about uh, some things about Christmas that were fun pretend. Wink, wink, nod, nod. You got it, right? <laughs> fun pretend. And the kids always enjoyed, uh, never felt, uh, felt, felt a letdown or anything like that. And so uh, I'm, I'm in favor of telling the truth. Does that make sense, right? <laughs> well, glory to God. I do like... Every time when we come together uh, at this time of year, I, I always I love the lights. I love the greenery. And and, um, and someone came in and said, "Wow, that's a big tree." I said, "Yeah." Uh, one of the afflictions that I have is is like I'm I'm like uh, a little bit like tool the Tim the tool man. Bigger's better, you know. Ooh, you know the, and so I always like big things and pretty things and um, and, and we try not to get go overboard, but. I have a wife who try who reigns me in sometimes, and that's probably a good thing, right? Amen, amen. And so uh, I would say the thing that I like the most is 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 not it's it's not even the morning; it's the ramp up. It's it's the it's the environment, it's the friends, it's uh, it's this it's the the week by week celebration, looking toward and the meaningness, the meaningfulness of of what the what the holiday really is. Okay. Uh, if we understand, and, and I'll get into this in just a minute, if we understand, um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to be a killjoy here, it, but when we understand, it was about God's gift to us. And when we fully acknowledge that and grasp that and begin to celebrate that, and all the dimensions of God's gift to us, salvation and a son, a messiah, and I'll talk about that just in a little bit in, in terms of the Scripture and the passage. But when we embrace that and begin to structure our family time and, and our personal and family celebrations and our community, community celebrations around that, then it becomes way more fulfilling. You know, I can go down to Main Street, and I probably will. Uh, uh, probably not this year because we'll be at a, at a banquet, but we go down there and we watch all the fire trucks go by. I mean, you know, I guess it's a great time to have a fire because all of them are on Main Street. Every tr- fire truck in the county is on Main Street, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a time of celebration. There are lots of things going on. I know also we have acapella coming up. Acapella is, is something that's held free every year at the, at, at the Lutheran Church. The high schoolers from, I mean, Sam, Sam, where are you? You sang in that when you were in high school, right? Yeah. And, and, and um, what's that? Meredith, did you, did you sing that? Yes, you. How many of you sang in the a cappella back? Oh, yes. A whole bunch of, you know, yeah, sang in a cappella. What it is, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's, it's a week or two before Christmas. I don't, I'm not even sure what the dates are this year. But it's, it's in the afternoon and the evening. They have several events that you can go. You know, you can give a, 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 an offering. But the, children, the young people go in. They're high schoolers. They go in. And it's a beautiful time. And they sing sacred music, Christmas, beautiful setting. I, I, I highly recommend it. The singing tree that's coming up, that's right here in our town. Did I say that right? It is a singing tree. 
living tree. I do that every, I do that every year. But you get it. It's over at the Covenant Church, right? You know, I, I'm, making, I'm, doing, I'm doing advertisements for other churches right now, right? <laughs> Commercials for them. But the, the season is full of these opportunities, okay? And it shouldn't just be like Black Friday and the mayhem that we see that, that, we're, that we see that we don't want to be a part of that, right? That's not what this is about. Yeah? Amen. So it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, turn with me, if you will. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read a couple of passages. I'm gonna be all, kind of I'm not gonna be all over the place. Uh, but Matthew one, that that passage there, uh, Matthew one, verses eighteen, and and um, and then I'll slip into Matthew uh, the second chapter of Matthew. And many of us are really familiar with this passage of Scripture because it's, 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 it's about Christmas. It's about the birth of Christ. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly or to, to divorce her secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to, appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you, will, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place to fulfill that which was spoken uh, by the Lord through the prophet, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Catch that? Emmanuel means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. And, but he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. In Matthew, the second chapter, it begins this way. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days, in, in the days of, of Herod the king, Magi from the east uh, arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, gathering together the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this, for, for, for this is what has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you, for out of you, shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Now, you know, I, I, some, sometime during the Christmas season, in the next few weeks, uh, I'll probably go into more detail in the story. But what I really would like to do is to, you know, uh, is to step back just a few years into a passage of Scripture where things weren't so hot in Jerusalem. Now, recognize if you know the, the history and the, and the, and the conditions of, of Israel at the time of Jesus' birth, it was not a, it was not a bright spot in history for, for Israel or for the people who lived in, in the land because they were under Roman domin, domination. Okay? But stepping back, 
a few years, we find that the kingdom was kind of divided. The northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, if you know anything about all that. And worshiping God was kind of like had been pushed aside. If you follow the, if you follow the, if you're, if you're a history person and you kind of try to figure out what was going on with Israel all these years ago, you'll find that they were up and down. Yeah? Do you know what it's like to be up and down in your faith? Do you know what it's like to be uh, up today and down, you know, someplace in, you know, in, in terms of your relationship with God? Well, Israel did that as a nation. Sometimes it was based, it was simply because their leaders were just really, really bad leaders. They were, they were bad guys. In fact, uh, if, 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 if I step back and, and look at this, look at, look at the, 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 the background in, for I believe it's Isaiah 7. We're going to go there next. Uh, king Ahaz was a very religious man. He was the king of Judah, Judea. Okay? He was a religious man, but he wasn't, he wasn't an honest, solid worshiper of God. He worshiped all the deities of, 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 the, of the time and of the space. In fact, it says that he worshiped a multitude of gods, but not the God of Israel. He was a religious guy. He just wasn't religious toward the God of his fathers, Jehovah. The, the person we know is Father God, the Father of Jesus. Okay? And um, he reigned in Israel, the scripture says, for 16 years. And he made every effort to destroy uh, the religious foundations of the nation of Judah. He shut the gates of the temple. If you read through that, you'll find this. Uh, he melted down temple vessels and the things that they used for worship just so he could get the gold and the silver out of them. He offered burned incense in high places. That was code for uh, uh, places where they worshipped uh, uh, pagan deities, okay? You know, the, the, the gods of the world. He set up altars on his roof so he could worship the stars, the moon, the sun. In Second, uh, second Kings, let me find it. In 2 Kings, the 16th chapter, it says, Unlike David, his father, he did, did not do what was right in the eyes of God. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. It's in, in Isaiah, the 8th chapter, it even implies that Ahaz was, was the kind of person that would often would, would seek out mediums to, to talk to the dead, to try to find out his future. In other words, he, he visited mediums, right? Witches. Okay. Here was the king of Israel doing these kinds of things. And then he finds out that his two arch enemies... The king, of, uh, uh, the king of the northern tribe and then Syria had conspired against him. In fact, they had come together and they were outside the walls of Jerusalem. Okay? They were going to overthrow him. This was not new. They'd had this, he had had these kind of experiences before. In fact, uh, in, 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 in earlier passages, we found that uh, Ahaz, the king, had lost 120,000 men, soldiers, in one day. Just one day of fighting. And that 200,000 or more of his people had simply been carried away into captivity. So this was not a, this was not a bright time in, 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 in the history of Judah. But here's this king, and he's worshiping all... The, it's one of these things like, well, I'm going to try to find something that works here. 
So he's going to cover all of his space. He's going to worship this one, worship that one. And, but God, how many of us know that God's a jealous God? God, he says, uh, well, that, one, that one commandment starts out, says, I am the Lord your God. You will worship no one else. You will worship uh, the Lord God, uh, and him only will you serve. Okay? Number one. I mean, that's, that's number one. How about it that, that God would think faithfulness was an important thing? They had done this before, but now these two kings had come back, in, in a sense, for a second turn and wanted more. And so... Um, Rather than to seek God, and of course Ahaz, he, wasn't a, he, he was a religious guy, but he wasn't deeply spiritual in the, way that, in, in the traditions of his country. And so rather than to seek God, you know, how many of us, and can, how many of us, uh, rather when we're in a difficult spot, rather than seek God, we go find another avenue? Okay, well that's what he did. He, he sent envoys to a place called Assyria. Now, Assyria, the Assyrian king was a really bad guy. But he, was, he, was, he sent envoys to, to the, the king of Assyria. He said, look, I need some help here. And he paid him off to come down and help him. And that got God's attention too. Assyria was a bad nation, bad king. But before... Ahaz sealed his bargain with Assyria. God wanted to offer him another option. And he sent Isaiah and told him that first that the invasion wasn't ever really going to happen and that neither Rezin nor Pekah, those were the kings that had come against him, would, they wouldn't even live two more years. Let's look. Anybody turns God down. He turns God down. And he, in fact, God says, look, to show you through the prophet Isaiah that I'm going to do this thing for you, I'm going to give you a sign. And Ahaz says, look, I don't need a sign. He didn't care. And here we have the passage that long before the book of Matthew was penned in Isaiah 7. Are you there? Then he said, God said, listen now, O house of David. Is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men that you will try the patience of, of my God as well? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and will, be, and will bear a son. And she will call his name Emmanuel. He will eat curds and honey, but at the time he knows enough to refuse evil and choose good. For before the boy will know enough to re- refuse evil and good, the land of, who, of whose two kings you dread will be forsaken. Then the Lord, will, the Lord will bring on you, on your people, and on your father's house such days have never, that have never come since, since that day of Ephraim, separated from, from Judah, the king of Syria. Now, okay, interesting. And f- I hope I didn't tangle anybody up with all that Old Testament stuff. But the, 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 the significant theme or the, the, the picture that I want to see, you to see is that God was there. And even when Ahaz was, had turned his back on God, God had not turned his back on Ahaz or the people. Right? 
And what did he say? And I will send someone to you. And what's his name going to be? Emmanuel. Okay? Now, some of us don't, don't, may not get this, and I'm hoping that we will, that we will get and understand that the, the translate, God just doesn't name things because he thinks they're pretty. There's, there's, there's some significance in the name, and the name simply meant God with us. God with us. God with us. Now, I don't know if that hits you. I, I hope it will hit you by the time uh, that we're done today. That what does it mean to have God with us? Emmanuel. Okay? Now, for Ahaz, I'm not sure it meant a whole lot, except that could, uh, something I mentioned just a moment ago is that Ahaz could have cared less, or he was not, he's not a, spirit, a deeply spiritual guy in the right way. He was, he was religious. He had all these things there, and, you know, God didn't like that. Not at all. And in spite of that, God was, had not left him. And he was willing to speak to him. Now, now, I don't think it was for the sake of Ahaz. It might have been, but I think it was really for, for the sake of his people. Because you know how it is. A country goes how the leader is. Yeah? Every organization. Look at the leadership and see, and see what kind of people they are. The, 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 you know, you, you just can't really, you know, the, the, the body always follows the head, right? And here we had this mess. And God was saying, I will send, I will send a leader. And to prove that I am with you, this will be a sign for you. A virgin will, will conceive. Right? Did he believe it? I don't think he believed it. Do you know today, um, there's a whole, there's a large portion of people out there who are religious. There's a whole lot of people out there who are religious in one form or fashion that won't believe this account. Don't believe that God, that, that, that Jesus came by a virgin. Don't believe that. Religious, they believe a lot of things. They don't believe that. Can it be, can, can you be religious and not believe God? Certainly you can. For Ahaz, God was there anyway. And it didn't matter what Ahaz's attitude or past was. That's amazing. Now, now, now can we just stop there? It didn't matter what Ahaz's issues were. God was still there. How about that? I mean, uh, I mean, isn't that an, an incredible act of grace? Isn't that an incredible thing that no matter uh, what kind of a man he was, God was still there offering the help. Offering the help. And he says, and you will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, you know, obviously, we've, we've got to, this is, not, this is not just a history lesson. Can't be. If we end up with that, then we can go to the na- you know, Natural Science Museum, whatever. But that's not where we are. There's got to be a so what. What about this touches our lives? Okay. Well, we know. We know that Jesus came, don't we? So what does it mean? Yeah, we, we talked about, I talked about what it meant for, for, for 
Emmanuel or God to be with Ahaz. But what does it mean today? Emmanuel, God with us. What does that mean to you and to me? In this first week of Advent, as we celebrate, I mean, we've got the nice, the tree and everything, that, and the wreaths, the, the candles, we've sung the songs, we're focused and we've got a baby in the manger, all of those things. But what does it really mean that God is with us? You know, if you look at the history, it was a really dark period of time. Not only when this, this first, this Isaiah prophecy was made, but also when it was filled Fulfilled. Israel was a conquered nation, and the Romans had them. They weren't ruling their own, own way. The religious leaders were, were not shepherds after God's own heart. All of these things reminds me of a, of a story. A guy, and I, I don't even know where the source is, so I, I don't even know who to, to, who to give. Hi, Ruth. To, to who to give credit to. But it kind of reminds me of, I mean, what a, what, a, what, a, what a picture it was in my mind when I read this. It was about an artist who drew this landscape. It was a winter landscape. All the leaves were gone. Okay? It's that bare tree look with the gray, dark gray clouds. You know? You may like that, but, but I'll try again in March, and you won't like it, right? <laughs> I like it right now, right? It's new. It's, we haven't seen that since last March or last day. But, but the picture of this landscape, and then there's this house right in the middle of the landscape, kind of wood siding and stuff, and, and it was dark. Can you, can you imagine it just dark? No lights on, nothing. Nothing. And, you know, I, I, I guess you could say, wow, how pretty it is, but for most of us, it's a picture of something that's a little bit dismal. Cold, dismal, no life. But with the flip, flick of one hand and a paintbrush and a, a smattering of orange where those windows were, all of a sudden you see a picture of hope, of warmth, of life. And could I say that it, that kind of represents this picture of the world? The world into which Jesus came, Emmanuel came, was a place that was cold and brutal and hurtful. In spite of how we have painted it in, 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 in 2013, it was a place where people longed for and looked for salvation. I mean, if you, if you rem- remember the things that, 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 the, that the disciples of Jesus said as he went about and, and made himself known to them, they were well-versed. They were very well-versed, and they were looking for a Messiah. You only get that way when, you're, when, when things, you know, can, can, I, can I say it this way? When things are tough, when things are bleak, and the landscape, you don't know. You're looking for that one glimmer of hope. A virgin will conceive. 
and a babe will be born. And you will call his name Emmanuel. On the, this is the first day of December, right? On the first day of December, many of us here are looking forward to something later in the month. I don't know what it is. It might be a PlayStation 4. Hey, you've got young people here. It might be something else. It might be children coming home. All those, you know, whatever. Those are, those are good things. But what does it mean to have Emmanuel? What does it mean to have God with us? Could I say it kind of like, it's not just like God's watching over us, right? Going to turn you into angels when you die, right? You hear that stuff? There are probably people in here who believe that. Yeah? Kind of got this picture, this is glittery, uh, kind of a schmaltzy picture of, of, of heaven and and. and you know, what does it mean that God is with us? It's not that he's just watching over us. It's not just that there's a general presence in the universe. But could I say in us? You know, it says God is with us. Even in difficult times, he is with us. Jesus said to his disciples, you know him. He is with you, but he will be in you. See, it's more, it's more than a general presence that kind of oversees the world and, and kind of makes sure that the leaves turn orange in the fall and the snow fall. It's more than that. It's that God is with us. God is in us, with us. That he's involved in your life. That he is available to save you that he knows your name, that he understands how many hairs, uh, I still never get that one, that he knows how many hairs are on your head. You might find that as intrusive, I don't know. But he's with you. He's with you. He's available not only to save us, but to direct us in our lives. He's able to deliver us from harm and into the kingdom of God. I guess as we celebrate Christmas, we're celebrating, we're celebrating something that happened 2,000 years ago. But can I say we ought to be also thinking about that he's here now, that he speaks to us, that he delivers us, that he loves us, that he knows us, that it's all different. You and I can experience not only his presence today, we can experience his delivering power. When we call upon him, he'll answer. He says, anything we ask, he'll do. Anything we ask in his name, our, the heavenly father will do. He's alive, he's well, he's here, he's now. Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. God with us, stand with me, please.
God with us. God with us and in us. I don't know where you are today. Christmas time. Maybe you hate it. Some of you hate it because you're alone this time of year. Or maybe you've lo- you don't like it because you lost a loved one. You're alone. Maybe because the push is that you're supposed to be happy and enjoying all these things. It's never that way for you. You might be here, there's nobody in your life that gives you presents or thinks about you. So you're, so you're almost willing to say, boy, I just wish it would just, you know, like be the 1st of January. I don't know. But can I tell you, as enjoyable as Macy's Day Parade is, as enjoyable as the trimmings are, as enjoyable as the parties and the, the things that we do at this time of year are, those are ancillary and it's not really about that. It's about God being with you. That heaven and earth just was put on pause for a moment. And in the midst of a dark and a dank time, when men and women were crying out for something more that they didn't even know what it was, God heard their cry and sent Jesus his son. And he brought with him a message that you don't have to die. I will bring you near to me. I will pay for your sins. And then then I will usher you into a relationship with God the Father that you've never had. We had... We had a, a, an interpretation about intimacy with God. This is intimacy with God in Jesus. If you're here today and you don't, you've never experienced that, you may have been in churches a lot, never experienced intimacy with God, once you know you have it through Jesus Christ, and it's a simple prayer. You don't, it's like you don't have to go through a catechism or sign on the dotted line, anything like that. Do you want to experience what God intended for you to experience at the birth of His Son? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Could I simply ask you to pray a prayer with me? If you've never given your heart to to Jesus, if you've never embraced him, if you've never said, I didn't realize, if if you're saying, "I, I didn't realize that it was about Jesus coming into the world and that he could live inside of me, that he could take away my sins. I never realized that. Heard about these things, but right now it's making some sense to me. Simply pray a prayer with me. We're going to close our eyes across this congregation. 
everyone and, and pray this prayer. But you make it your prayer today. Make it sincere. And I'm asking you simply give God a shot in your life. Jesus, forgive me my sins. Lord, I accept you as my Savior. Come into my life and make me new. And show me what this Christmas stuff's about. 